0: True Multifamily is an On Air Brands production and a proud member of the On Air Brands Network.
2: This is True Multifamily, the show where we dive in on what really happens after closing a multifamily property. We're going to expose the role of asset manager. That's a person who has a responsibility of seeing the vision, executing the plan, and managing people, budgets, and timelines, all to deliver returns for our investors. These are the real struggles, the real victories, and the real stories of asset management. Welcome back to another episode of True Multifamily. I am so excited to have Jennifer Outland here. Jennifer is with Rand Property Management, and Jennifer, welcome to the show. Yeah,
0: thanks for having me on. I'm very excited to be here.
2: I am so excited. Um, you, you know, we met recently, but uh, you have already helped me so much in my business, and so I, I really, really appreciate all the the knowledge that you've been I'm so open to sharing, and I'm so grateful that you have uh, said yes to come on the show. And, and share a story. So, as you know, this show is all about uh, sharing stories, true stories, of course, about uh, managing multifamily property. And your story today is one of my favorite topics because it, it is about day of takeover. And uh, it's something that I think not nearly enough people talk about, but is also one of the most hectic and crazy, but also crucial days that you will own a property. Uh, so, okay. so, let us have it. Uh, share it with us, please.
0: All right. Great. Well, I've had the pleasure of taking over a few. I um, my favorite takeover, though, was an apartment complex called The Hammond. Um, it's here in East Tennessee in Knoxville. Um, it was the very first uh, complex I took over when I was a property manager. Um, and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Not a clue. Um, but the first day of takeover, there was all this prep and all this buildup, and we're just kind of going with the flow. And there's all the anticipation, Right. So you're just in the parking lot or at a nearby Panera waiting for the final papers to be signed, like ready for the green light to go. Um, And then you kind of, you walk in and you kind of feel like a boss. Like there's such a great film. Like this is ours now. This is, you know, the ownership piece is so fantastic. And and then typically it kind of goes downhill from there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So you start really high with, you know, walk in, sort of kick the door open, like new sheriff in town. And, yeah, and then downhill. Right. Yeah. Because I'm familiar. Terrible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was, it, it was really great. It, it was a, a, a relatively well-ran property. Um, of course not perfect. Um, and they knew they were selling for a while. So I think people kind of stopped doing the normal things the last month or so, but the regional manager was there and kind of walking us through everything. And, um, what, what in hindsight was such a huge red flag. Um, but in the moment I'm like, yes, they gave me one work order. One.
2: One open work order when you took over.
0: One work order. I- Six units, one worker.
2: Oh well, that just means they're they're being super efficient and taking care of everything, right?
0: <laughs> it means they were a lot, a lot of pants on fire. Yeah. Um, we found out later that there was probably closer to 40 pending work orders that I guess they just thrown in the shredder or something like that. Um so we had offered jobs to the two maintenance techs that were already there. We had interviewed them, talked to them, they were ready to go. We come in, they come up to me and they say, you know what, no, I take it back. We're not gonna do this.
2: They, they said this as you, after you took over and you're standing there at the site.
0: Yes, we're standing Excellent. there. Yeah. So I have zero maintenance guys. <clears throat> okay. That's fine, we'll figure that out. I wanna say about an hour later, I get a call, a phone call from a resident. Hello, thank you for calling. Rand property management, da 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 da. Yes, um, um, I need someone to come take a look at my door. It was just kicked in, someone just came in and tried to rob my house. Oh, great. Yeah. And so I don't have any maintenance people, um, I, I can do things. I cannot change out an exterior door. Yeah. Not what I can do. Right. So I had to, thankfully, thankfully the saving grace was we had um, other properties in the area. Mm-hmm. I called our property manager manages property about 45 minutes away. He sends his guy on the web, two guys on the way over, they pick up a door at Lowe's. They're out there until like seven, eight o'clock at night. Oh my God. Placing the door. I don't know what I would have done if we, if, if that was it, like if we didn't have a nearby property, yeah, we didn't have maintenance people in my back pocket personally. Um, so that was the first day of. T- there was, of course, a lot of other things that happened, but those were definitely the highlights that that are burning in my brain that I won't forget. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. Welcome, right? You, you'll always remember that first day. Um, so. <laughs> so that that's um, traumatic uh you i I imagine you were able to hire maintenance staff fairly quickly after that. obviously it was a top priority. Yes. Um, but thankfully, you did have that other property nearby um, yeah. so what what have you done since on on day of takeover like what did you learn from that experience and how have you you know how can our listeners prepare for that this type of experience?
0: Yeah. So one of the things that you do on, on takeover, there are a laundry list of things you do, but one of the things you do is provide a letter to the residents. Hey, we're taking over this property. Here's our name. Here's our contact information. Now we also say, if you have any pending work orders, please resubmit them to us because taking care of you is our number one priority.
2: Submit the work orders prior to takeover.
0: Well, no, on on, on, on day one over. We issue out the letter, we post it to the doors and we ask them to resubmit any work orders. Yeah. So that's one of the things we've done. Now we have also, it's not uncommon for maintenance people that you're hiring on from the new property to quit. That is not the first time, but the second, like that's happened to us twice. Yeah. Guys had committed, they were going to come on, um, and then day of takeover, they quit. So, um, I would just be very wary about that. It's such a huge benefit when you can bring the staff that was working there. They already know where the water shutoffs are. They have so much knowledge of that property while you're trying to get to know it. It's, it's so valuable to retain those folks. Um, but if this is your first property you're buying or you don't have neighboring properties, make sure you have someone in your back pocket if they do quit on day one because it, it, it's happened. And I've anticipated continuing to happen.
2: Okay. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I've I've heard of some folks just you know bringing on an extra maintenance guy for the first week, just to mm-hmm. just to backlog because there there tends to always be that that backlog of work orders. Like you said, um, if the seller's on their way out, if if they're selling for a loss, like in in this example, um, mm-hmm. they probably don't care so much about taking care of the the leaky faucets or you know doors or whatever the issues might be. You know, that's that's the next owner's problem, right?
0: Exactly. And to that point, we actually now have it as a rule. We take over, we are always one maintenance tech heavy. We typically, and every property is a little different, we typically have one maintenance person for every 100 units. That's kind of our our hiring par. Um, But we will always hire that extra one. If we had 200 units, I would want three techs on day one because either someone's going to quit on day one or you're going to get in and get a weekend and realize that person's not a good fit for you. And you don't, one of the positions that, that still after four and a half years of doing this, I, I find myself in more often than I would like, you end up being in a bind and you have an employee that's not a good fit, but you don't have anyone else. So you just kind of have to grin and bear it with them until you can put the right pieces in the right place. Um, that's operating from a place of weakness. I, I, You know, when you're managing a property and you're taking care of people's homes, you want to operate from a place of power.
2: Okay, Uh, I love that.
0: You want to have that staff. If you have a staff member that's not performing, you want to be able to get them out while still being able to get the work done.
2: Okay, so how else can we operate from a place of power? I really love that phrase. I've never heard it before. And it's really a different mindset on how you view the property. Um, So can you explain that a little bit and, and some examples?
0: Almost every single time I feel like I'm operating in the one down position, it has to do with staffing. Okay. So get... I cannot tell you how much time and energy I spend on just staffing and getting the staffing right and building up the culture. Um, If you have the right people, you will be operating from a position of power. Um, You cannot stop a water leak. You can, well, you can do some preventative measures, but water leaks will happen at some point. Um, There are so many things you can't control, but you can attempt to control your staff and the people that you're bringing on and the culture that you're building. So that is the number one way we. Um, I don't know if you've heard of top grading. It's a it's a book. It's a way of hiring people, um, and it's a very extensive process. Um, but you put the time on the front end of hiring people, so that you don't you you limit or prevent having personnel issues with them, theft issues with them, ethical issues with them, customer service issues with them down the line, and you just vet really heavy on the front end. And you do that four hour interview and you call all the references and you do the background screening um, so that you can kind of get the employees in place. So that is the number one way of operating from a position of powers, getting the right people in.
2: What do you think, um, set, like when someone's interviewing with you, you know, what what are some characteristics that set them apart where you know this is probably going to be the right person for this property?
0: Yeah. Um, this is, this is so great because we're hiring a lot right now, <laughs> right here in my brain. Perfect. perfect. Um, the, we have, um, five core values and we hire and we fire by them. People first, growth mindset, unwavering ethics, extreme ownership, and I know make it happen. Yeah. Um, so I always go through all of these core values when I'm hiring someone to make sure they're going to be a good culture fit for us. Um, so for, for every boss owner, you know, what, what have you, make sure that you know what your values are and you're hiring people that align with that. That's number one. The second one is hiring people that are excited for the job. I literally did two interviews yesterday that I scheduled an hour and I ended it at 15 minutes because I could not, as much as I tried, I couldn't pull anything out of them besides, I just don't want to work where I'm at anymore. That's why I want this job. No. no,
2: that's not a good reason, right?
0: Not a good reason. I want you to be excited. I want you to want to deliver that customer service. I want you to have an interest in real estate. I want you to, um, to, to kind of nerd out on accounting stuff like I do. I mean, that's, so when you have people that are really excited about the work that's going to be going on, that's another big thing. Um, and then also call the references, just do it um you will find out so much from talking to people that have worked with them before um there have been several people i've had great interviews with they're great interviewers and i call their references and they're like uh no don't
2: okay yeah yeah um so continuing on this thread um you know it's <clears throat> what what some people may not realize is a lot of times the staff does come over. So it's, it's a new owner, new, new whole team, but it, and even a new management company. Um, but the staff could stay the same summer, all of them. Um, how do you navigate that with, with the seller or or a previous management company? You know, what, what are some, some potential challenges there?
0: Yeah, that one's always such a delicate balance because you don't know at what point can you start talking to them? Because when, Someone's selling a property, they're going to keep that really close, closely hidden from their staff until it's a a for sure thing. Um, And that makes sense because so many things can happen that a deal can fall through. So I totally get that. The other thing is on the buyer side, you don't want to wait until two weeks before closing to start looking for staff. Um, So you really have to kind of nag the seller a little bit like, listen. If, if you want your staff to stay, if, if you're invested in them, if you think they'd be a good fit for us, I need to talk to them six weeks out from close date. I, I need to. I need to start that interview process. I need to call their references. Hiring takes so much time. Posting ads, reading the resumes. I and mean, it is one of the most hidden time sucks um, in this industry. Um, so if, if they are not willing, don't, if they're not willing to let you talk to the staff six weeks before close, just move on because the worst thing would be to close on a property and either be forced to bring people on that aren't a good fit or to have no one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so we've, we've gone down this, this tangent of staff, which, which I love and, and is great. Um, I do want to circle back to day one and, and talk more. Like what else do we do on day one when we take over a property besides evaluate work orders?
0: Yes. So change out the locks. That's All the things.
2: locks on every unit? Is that what you're you saying? No,
0: no, no, not the every unit, but like the, the office, mm-hmm. storage areas, anything where you have a uh, vested interest in, like there's, there's something with money behind that door, change that lock because you don't know what the previous company, what vendors had the keys, what previous maintenance people had the keys and people talking. And, and it's just keeping honest people honest. Right. Um, so that's a huge thing. And, and to the point where like locksmiths are really expensive, hopefully you have a maintenance staff, You shouldn't have to call a locksmith. So um, when you're doing your inspections, like figure out how many locks you're going to need. Like just come prepared with a handful of dead belts. Um So just, just be ready for that. Um, so that's a big thing. The letters, we already talked about the letters. Make sure you have a letter that introduces yourself, introduces the staff, tell them you're there to take care of them. Um and just kind of can elicit maybe some kind of excitement change in general people hate change and your residents are immediately going to think that you're there to raise the rents provide bad service um, so whatever kind of letter that can excite them Um, phone lines so this kind of starting before day one but make sure that you have ownership of the phone number I would even write that in the contract um because you don't want like having to get out a new number for marketing purposes and for your residents to get a hold of you is for the birds. Don't do that. Own that phone number. Um,
2: that's so that's so true and and we had that challenge when we uh, on a property recently where the number just did not get changed for for a few weeks and it was calling the uh, the other uh, management company and like we we're, we're like where are the leads where where who where are the people and and we were only getting the walk-ins and so yeah we learned that lesson the hard way and lost a few yeah. weeks of of potential applicants yeah
0: yeah and then the residents were going man, the, you know, cause I've done this too, like I've had the exact same problem. You kind of start to feel a little sloppy, you yeah. know, a bad first impression of the residents. So um, another thing on day one is getting the utilities turned over. It's also kind of the same thing. If the people who just sold the property, they don't want to pay for that water bill one more day. They don't want to just one more day. They will cut it off. And if you don't have it set up and this is something you do before You know, ideally you do it before you take over. Um, but at the very least on day one, you're calling those electricity companies, you're calling the water companies and getting it switched over in your name. So it doesn't get cut off. And then the residents, they don't have what they need. Um, those are really the biggest things, making sure that your system for emergency on calls in place. And that kind of ties in with the phone number. Yep. We use an answering service. And, um, so it forwards straight to the answering service when it rings four times and no one answers, go straight to the answering service. So, making sure that that's set up because you don't want someone to have an emergency in the middle of the night and they can't get a hold of you or your staff.
2: Yep.
0: Um, having said that, as much as it can go wrong on day one, I feel like there's always, there tends to be always a lot of buildup. And if you really just hit the letter, the box, the utility companies, and the phone numbers, um, you're you're going to be good. And then the next day, you just kind of go in and really get to work.
2: Yeah. And that'll be our next episode.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly, exactly. Um,
2: that's, you know, that's really when the work begins and there's, there's so much that goes into it. Um, yeah. You know, from my experience, it's it's just a, a day of chaos, but also excitement because it's like you've done your due diligence, but there's always a surprise and, and you're going to find out some new things. And um, yeah, we had, you know, to your point about uh, transfer utilities, we also had uh, an issue on one of my properties where the, um, the, the, Dumpster uh, got pulled away, and so instead of transferring service, <laughs> they canceled yeah. the service on the way out. And um, so we we had a day without a dumpster, and our tenants obviously were not too happy about that. So we had to rush and get something out there for them. But all those things yeah. that you don't really think about, you want to make sure they get transferred rather than canceled, and and at least you're covered so that there's no uh, overlap is better. You don't want a gap for sure.
0: Exactly, exactly. And what I would suggest to people too is to go ahead. And do your 90 days out, 60 days out, six weeks, two weeks out, one week out checklist. Yeah. Um, and to make sure that you are getting all of your vendors in line, you have your color schemes, you have your market rents ready to go. If you don't already have an established lease, you have to have that. Another just kind of little thing. Um, when we took over, we didn't have our entire fee structure outlined like someone breaks their lease, what's going to happen? So we were still growing, like we were in the infancy of things and having to, oh, hey, let me call my boss and see what that's going to be. I just, it looked like it was amateur hour. Right, right. You need to exude that like confidence. Absolutely. Your systems are in place. That's operating. That's the other piece of operating from power. Making sure that you have all of your systems in place, your policies, your procedures on how you operate and how you do things and making sure that staff you have clearly understand that their first day does not need to be the day of takeover um, right, right. trained up by day one
2: i love that i love this whole theme of operating from power coming in and and being the boss and and dictating how this property is going to run and uh, being prepared uh, at the end of the day that's that's what matters so um, wow thank you thank you so much for for sharing this story uh would love it appreciate it and hopefully we'll have you back soon
0: sounds great
2: thank you so much thank you thanks for listening to another episode check out our website at truemultifamily.show and if you have an amazing story to tell share it on our facebook community and you might just be the next guest on the show we're also on all other social networks just search true multifamily i'm really really proud to have this show produced by our company on air brands check us out at onairbrands.com we also have an incredible unique podcasting event that we would love for you to be a part of Check
1: that out at podmax.co.